Welcome. It is September 18th, 2023. Uh, I'm your host, Gabe Hernandez, publisher in AEIC of Comical Opinions. Dot com. Uh, we're going to jump into this week's newsletter. Our first uh, article uh, on the newsletter is our op-ed talking about whether or not DC Comics is in trouble. Now, forgive me. It, sure, it's a clickbaity title. <laughs> it's a little bit uh, a little bit over the top, but you know, sometimes you got attention just to kind of to get your point across. Uh, but it, it's a valid question because I think there's some things that are going on. Uh, whether or not there are enough problems going on within the internal guts of DC Comics that uh, we should be more than a little bit concerned. So let's get into it. Uh, the, the first thing we're going to say is right off the bat, I don't believe in coincidences. Uh, I'm always looking for patterns and usually, well, I would say nine times out of 10, a, a pattern really speaks to something that's going on. Where there's smoke, there's fire. You, you've heard that saying more than once. Uh, and in this case, there's a little bit of smoke going on, maybe a lot of smoke going on, depending on on. And it just struck me that there is something going on that is uh, that doesn't speak well of, of DC Comics, at least in the near future. So uh, the first thing I want to talk about is whether or not the, what's going on with DC for the year of 2023, just from a, a company perspective and also from a content strategy perspective, particularly from editorial and, and the types of comics we're putting out. It's been a bad year for, for DC Comics. I think that's fair to say. I don't think anybody would dispute that. Um, Lazarus Rain, the Lazarus Rain event wasn't great. It started well, it ended well, and both of those bookends were really mostly due to Mark Wade uh, and his writing of on, on that particular event. Uh, Night Terrors was a disaster. If you believe the Comic Con numbers, and I, I fully admit that those numbers are very highly estimated, almost to the point of unusability, but they do show you some comparative trends as far as how DC does against Marvel and how they do against other titles that are on the market. And DC took a really huge hit by uh, by going with Night Terrors as a line-wide event, and it really killed any momentum coming out of Dawn of DCU, which actually had a few books in there that I think people were starting to enjoy. Green Lantern was showing some promise. Action Comics is showing some promise, depending on which, <laughs> which of the short stories you go with. Uh, Superman was showing some promise. Uh, same thing with Shazam, also with uh, World's Finest. You had a, a lot of books that are for DC that if you if given the right sunlight and soil and watering have potential to really go uh, somewhere and really uh, take a place within that top 10, top 15 uh, sales numbers and sales trends. Night Terrors absolutely killed that event. Um, we know we spend a lot of time talking about Night Terrors because it just cons it had it was earmarked by so many terrible decisions. But as we say, uh, you know, sometimes you just gotta <laughs> break a few eggs to make an omelet. So hopefully, these broken eggs will lead to an omelet for DC Comics. We'll see. But overall, 2023 has just been a very bad year uh, for DC. But the reason I'm I'm bringing this particular topic up as to whether or not DC is having uh, some internal struggles, some internal problems is not because of the events. It's not because of the books that are on the shelf. It's because of people. And when you see people start to make moves that are symptomatic of a, of a deeper problem, that's when I start to look for patterns. That's when I start to look for patterns of behavior that something's going on. So there, I'm going to talk about three specific examples, all of which just happened in the last three months. The first one, 
This one you may have seen, Nico Leone, who's a, the current artist on Catwoman, written by Timmy Howard, uh, put out a public uh, statement around July, around the end of July, uh, July 28th. And I have a link, I have a links and screen captures of all these particular examples in the, in the um, uh, op-ed. So if you're interested in reading that, just go for it and, and, and take a look for yourself. Uh, basically what he did is he called out DC Comics for giving him scripts late, indicating that his, he would not have enough time to do his work and that that would uh, reduce the quality of the comic. Now, complaining about getting late scripts is nothing new. Complaining about it publicly, that is a little strange. And complaining about it publicly before the comic even comes out, which basically means you are um, uh, criticizing or uh, speaking ill of the people that are currently employing you, that's a little strange. Well, let me take it back. That's a lot strange, especially for somebody like Nico Leone, who is not a... He's not a class A artist. It's not like he's in demand all over the world. He's not like an Alex Ross or somebody like that, for example. So it, he's a very good artist. I'm not taking anything away from him, but it's not like he can command work at any publisher he goes to. So that's a little bit odd. Uh, the second example, and this came up this week, and it's a big talk of uh, of the town, so to speak, is uh, Bill Willingham's announcement that he's firing, I say that in air quotes, firing DC Comics uh, because of his poor treatment with respect to the Fables line of comics. And his response to that is he's taking his ownership stake and putting it in the public domain. Now, it's a symbolic gesture from what we can tell so far, meaning that DC still owns the publishing and distribution rights. So if you own the comic characters, but can't really do anything with the comic characters from a comic creation perspective, does that really mean anything? I'm sure there's some legality to it with, with respect to um, copyright infringement and what have you. But We'll see how it goes. Maybe you can write novels based upon Willingham's version of those characters, which in and of themselves were already public domain characters, but we'll see. But it, it, it was telling that you had Willingham, who's a known creator, he's been around for a long time, basically taking DC's contracts and their money and publicly throwing it in their face. That seems odd. Again, has been around long enough to know better, but also at the same time seems to be really fed up with the way DC is handling things. Third example, I'm going to pick on our wizard, if you will, uh, the kind of weird occult dabbling um, weirdo. Uh, <laughs> I say that with, with reverence and love, Alan Moore. Uh, so he, he put out the announcement roughly about the same time as Willingham's, which I'm not sure if there's, that was intentional or not saying that he's going to take, he wants DC to take all the proceeds that he would have gotten from their uh, use or in his words, abuse of to buy. Moore is kind of a kook in some ways, uh, personally and professionally. Uh, Black Lives Matter has already been debunked a, a bit of a sham uh, charity organization as well. So you put those two together and then you, you have Al Moore saying, Worshipping demons is is too much, uh, or is not enough. Uh, donating to a charity that's already been debunked as a, kind of a sham charity is not enough. But enough, I I can't deal with that. Um, so what what that what that uh, Alan Morse just kind of a weird guy. Anyway, so what you're getting there is within the context of just three months or less, technically speaking, three creators all that are currently actively engaged with DC in some kind of contractual uh, relationship and all of them publicly making statements that they basically say, take your work, take your money and go stuff it. And that seems troubling to me. At least that's, that's indicative of a pattern of behavior from people or saying these things publicly.
Um, and so what does that mean for DC Comics? Right now, that doesn't necessarily mean anything. It's a pattern. It's an interesting pattern. And it's possibly going to be a trend that I see continuing, if not accelerating. If that happens, then, then there's an indication that something's really rotten within the core of DC Comics as with respect to how they treat their creators, how they deal with contracts, and what that means for people. If you're a comic reader and you love DC Comics, uh, I would say be prepared for it to get worse before it gets better as far as how, are, how they're putting out comics and, and how they're putting out events and how they're engaging with creators. If you're a creator or an editor and you want to work with DC Comics, um, you may want to rethink that strategy, at least in the short term, because it looks like they've got some, they've got some uh, house cleaning that they got to do. And if you are currently engaged with DC Comics, either as an editor, creator, whatever, and you think what I'm saying here in this op-ed is way off, shoot me an email, let me know, we'll, we'll have a talk, we'll record it or not, if you choose to remain anonymous, and set the record straight. If I'm wrong, I'll say I'm wrong, and I'm happy to do it. I do it all the time. So that's the op-ed for today. If you want to read it in full, plus see the examples and the articles that are cited as all the referential information, please go to comicalopinions.com. Actually, but yeah, go to comicalopinions.com slash subscribe. The uh, newsletter is right there uh, for sign up, and you can get the full newsletter. It gives you all the links to all the documentation, as well as all our reviews and everything else that's happening. So that's the op-ed for today. So we're going to move on to the rest of the newsletter. So if you, yeah, if you're a subscriber, thank you very much. Uh, you're going to get this newsletter every single Monday. If you're not a subscriber, please uh, go ahead and read it. It's free, but also consider being a subscriber because your support helps us keep going. Uh, next up in the newsletter, we have a poll. We're looking at maybe doing some interviews. Interviews seem to be the big thing these days. Everybody's doing them. But at the same time, we we recognize that, that maybe there's a, there's an opportunity to talk to creators and maybe not just writers and artists, but also maybe editors, uh, people who are part of that publishing arm of, of the companies. And uh, maybe there's an opportunity to have some meaningful conversations. So if you think that's a good idea and you want to know what and we want to know what kind of interviews you'd be interested in, there's a poll in the uh, newsletter only for subscribers. So if you want to participate in the poll, please subscribe and uh, and, uh, and you can add your vote to the to the uh, to the poll and let us know what you think uh, and so with that let's move on to the reviews for this week and it was a solid week pretty busy uh, but we're going to talk through some of the uh, reviews that we had and uh, let you know what we think so rebel girls number one these are both indie submissions and they were okay the enfield game massacre number two from image comics this was a very close uh pick for our pick of the week it got edged out by one other title which i'll talk about in a little bit but excellent stuff coming from the folks that made that texas blood so if you like westerns you're gonna love that comic creep show volume two number one i would say that it was half good <laughs> garth ennis went a little over the top with his uh, story there so that that kind of brought our score down a little bit but if you like horror that's a good pick uh scarlet couture uh the munich file from uh, number two from titan comics that's a good crime noir thrillers type of uh, comic Bloodborne, the Bleak Dominion, number one. This is Cullen Bunn coming back to the Bloodborne um, uh, line of comics from uh, Titan. Uh, Swallow of Shades, number one. Technically speaking, this is an indie submission, but it's really from a, a small publisher called Dead Sky Publishing, which we're going to keep an eye on. This is a splatter Western, which basically means Westerns with gore. It's gore horror. So, And it was it was pretty gory. So if you like gore horror, uh, check that one out. You've Been Cancelled, number four, from Mad Cave. That ends the you, the series that's basically a social media twist on the running man so that was 
that, that finished strong. It finished strong. So that's a good series right there. Good, nice, solid all the way through. Uh, Project Reese number two. This is Zach Thompson's take on uh, Gold Hunters for Nazi gold uh, in uh, under a mountain in Europe where they meet, find some weird stuff. Uh, Necronomicon one shot from uh, Zenoscope. This is a uh, sort of a tangent or a tie-in piece to their Year of Lovecraft. Uh, Grit and Gears number six uh, from Blood Moon Comics. This ends the steampunk Western story, and it, it, it ends on a kind of a, a wistful, soulful note. So that's a, that's a good series right there. Tox number three, also from Blood Moon Comics. This is the uh, future dystopian pandemic uh, apocalyptic story where uh, mutants really start to kind of pick up their pace as far as attacking the, the last one on Earth who appears to be pregnant. And uh, this is our pick of the week, Madness Number no. 2 from AWA Studios. J. Michael Straczynski knocked it out of the part with just a raw uh, depiction and a representation of just rage. Somebody who's just been pushed beyond their limit, and they just go to town on everyone and everything in their way. Just the raw emotion in that comic is why that one edged out in Field Gang Massacre, and it's good, and it's our pick of the week. Gargoyles number nine and Negaduck number one, both from Dynamite, both Disney comics titles, and both of them were uh, okay. Negaduck, I think we like better. Gargoyles was a bit of a slow burn. Uh, so if you like uh, court dramas in your Gargoyles comic, that's a good one. But uh, otherwise, Negaduck, I think, is our, our better of the, of the two Disney picks this week. So uh, moving on to what's coming up next week. May have a surprise or two in there for you. Uh, Isom number two from Ripperverse. You know, if you submit, we review. So that's where we're going to uh, include that one in our title reviews next week. Exodus Z number one, also indie submission. Uh, and then we have the list we have from our main publishers is getting pretty hefty, but it's a good list. Robotech, Robotech Rick Hunter number two from Titan. Uh, Red Sonia volume seven number three from Dynamite. Uh, Big Game number three from Image. This is uh, Mark Miller's continuation of his epic uh, summer crossover and so far has not disappointed so we're really looking forward to that one i think that's the one to keep an eye out for for pick of the week we'll see F fish flies number two from jeff lemire the the first issue was strange but very interesting so we'll we're looking forward to that spawn number 345 and gunslinger spawn number 24 both from image uh, pathfinder wake of the dead number three this is dynamite's continuation of their adaptations uh roll top gaming uh properties and so far they've been doing okay with that under the influence number three from mad cave that's the uh what if social media turned out to be a cult uh type comic so we'll, that, that we're looking for to see where that goes tier collector number one from blood moon comics have no idea what that's about so we'll see antarctica number three that's the alternate universe uh mystery involving a, a father and daughter uh, Gunbreed number three that's the anthology series regarding an undead sheriff who takes care of a cursed town uh, Sherlock Holmes number one from Zenoscope. This is picking up uh, also from uh, the year of Lovecraft, elevating Holmes into a more uh, main title. I'm not sure if this is an ongoing or a limited series. We'll see. Blip Matt number one from Titan. I had no idea what that's about. We'll find out. Monomyth number five. That's um, uh, Daniel Hazan's uh, take on uh, students who are kidnapped by a wizard to become students, but with a dark twist. And uh, Disney Villains Hades number two uh, from Dynamite. That was actually, the first issue was very good, very entertaining. So we'll see if they can keep that up. Gargoyles Dark Ages number three, also from Dynamite. That's a prequel series to how the Gargoyles first interacted with humans. And Victory number four from Dynamite uh, regarding uh, uh, Vampirella's adopted sister. Uh, so we'll see how that turns out. Okay, so that's the list for today. 
I uh, hope you enjoyed it. Hope you're looking forward to the reviews. Hope you enjoyed the reviews we have. Uh, as always, please like, share, comment, subscribe. Please share this newsletter. There's a button right in the newsletter. If you're listening to this on uh, audio podcast, please uh, share it and, and give us a good review or just let us know what you think. Comments are always appreciated. And if you're listening to this on YouTube or watching this on YouTube, I should say, please like, share, comment, and subscribe and let us know how we're doing. We're always looking to make things better. So this is Gabe Fernandez uh, signing off for Comical Opinions and you have a great Monday.